Yo, what's happening with what's happening? Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. I'm Fred. This is the show we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, bro? Hey, it's my son's first birthday. You know, man. So celebrating the year of life for the little man. You know, so just chilling. What about you, man? Well, first off, happy birthday to my nephew, man. It took you, it took you quite a few, <laughs> it took you quite a few shots to get that son. You know, you 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 fired. <laughs> but no, for real, it did though. Like I, I wasn't giving up, so it was. Hey, as long as you got it, man. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> I'm cool over here, man. You know, you know how we do on what's happening. We keep it real. This is take two of the episode. <laughs> you know, man, this is take two. We did the episode, and um, somebody, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not going to look at no hands and point at myself, but somebody messed up on the recording uh, the last episode, and it didn't quite work out that well. So uh, our fabulous guest, she agreed to come back and let us re-interview her so that way we could get you guys a quality episode in our continuing series of Women Making History. Miss Nadine Munez, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing superb. So the best part about us doing like a freestyle variety podcast is that we don't have lines or anything like that. So if by chance you happen to watch this episode or parts of this episode on the Facebook live, okay, you're getting just a separate version of, of what you already watched. <laughs> so, or, <laughs> so it just is what it is. Um, but you know, you know, we, we've talked to some amazing women the last couple episodes uh, regarding their stories and, and you know, what led them down the paths towards, you know, their, their businesses and, and how that's impacted their family life and things of that nature. And um, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a different feel uh, with this episode, uh, but an impactful story nonetheless, uh, just as impactful, if not more. And, um, you know, one thing we talked about, Nadine, is that you and I have never had a face-to-face conversation, although we've known each other for over a decade at this point. Um, it's just funny how you can know someone and and, and be involved with them, and, and thanks to the advance the advances of technology. But like I said, I've never had a face-to-face conversation <laughs> uh, with 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 Nadine at all. So you know, in your own words, why don't you? share your story with our listeners. Alrighty. So um, the way that I actually know Brad is he was good friends with my first husband who was killed in a car accident in 2012. Um, So at the age of 22, I became a widow. And at the time, our daughter was eight months old. Uh, and, you know, I've since remarried and had more children. We've adopted a child out of foster care, our third child, um, who's four, is adopted. And then we have, um, our next in line is eight months younger than her. So that's super interesting. And then I had a stillbirth in March of this year, or last year. Yeah, it's been a year now. So that's my story. There's a lot of, um, you know, heartbreak and um, you know, a lot of a lot of heartbreak and a lot of love, and there's just a lot of emotions that have happened. Uh, is that roller coaster that you've ridden over the last decade or so? Um, and, and when you when 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 Kyle passed away. Um, you guys have been married for less than a year and, Mm -hmm. uh, your baby was, did you say, you just said eight months, eight months. Yep. Yeah. And you had been married for half of that time, four months. 
Yeah, about four or five months-ish, yeah, something like that. And so, you know, kind of talk about what it was like to, you know, in in less than a year to go from being newlyweds to a single mother. You know, it's so funny because you know how Facebook memories pop up every year? The year that he died, so he died January 31st, and January 1st of that year, I posted about how we had just had this amazing year, and I couldn't wait to see what was in store for us, and then 30 days later, he passed away, and I and I look at that still now being like, what the heck was I thinking? Like, you know, did I tempt fate by being like, this is so amazing, we did such a good thing, um, but it was like one of the biggest highs to lows I think I've ever experienced in my life where it literally just felt like the bottom dropped out on us and you know you go into marriage you have all of these plans for the future you have all these ideas of what your life is going to look like and then you know he passed away and like all of that went away um I I distinctly remember just being like I just need to get like, it wasn't even a matter of me being happy. It was just me surviving at that point. It was just me making it through another day for Navadi, who's our daughter, by the way. Um, <clears throat> so it was, it was all-consuming, I think, just complete devastation of my life. Yeah, uh, I thought you were going to get in here, Fred. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, uh, I I I was um I just you know it takes me a second how I'm gonna ask the question um but so in that time frame um now becoming a widow and having to you know learn to do everything on your own you know not having him. Um, I don't know to what capacity to what capacity that um, you know roles you guys play because everybody household is different. I don't know if both of you worked or if you know one worked one was at home, but having to consume two roles, how did that play a part with trying to survive? Well, we I would say that you know we were very kind of self sufficient before he passed away. Um, we both were equal partners in the relationship, I guess you could say. I worked, he worked. Um, he would watch Navadi while I went to work. Uh, I would watch while her while he went to work. So it was like we never really got to see each other that often because it was just kind of like we were passing through, I guess. Um, and then suddenly he died and I could not, I had just started my job in November, so two months before he passed away. So I didn't have like FMLA time. I didn't have any real time that I could take off to kind of plan these things. And I took a week and a half. And during that time, it was just trying to figure out, okay, now who's going to watch Navadi? How am I going to pay rent for, I had, obviously I had February's paid, but I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay Marches now because I relied on his income too. Um, it was, you know, how I had to plan a funeral, a memorial service at 22. And I had no idea all the things that go into it. No idea how expensive a funeral is. Um, there's just like so many things that at that age, you just can't know. I mean, unless you've been in a situation where you've lost someone, there's so many things that you have to do that, you just, there. I, I literally would sit down every day and write down lists of things I need to accomplish that day. And it would be easily a full page long. And it would, three or four of it would get done. Because meantime, I'm having emotional breakdowns and I'm taking care of an eight-month-old trying to work around her schedule. Because she obviously still needed to be taken care of. Her life um, wasn't... I mean, you know, her life didn't stop just because her dad died. Diapers still needed changed. She still needed to be nursed. She still needed 
all of those things. Definitely. Yeah. So, and, and I can, you know, I can relate to a certain extent with that. Um, yeah, I think you don't really understand, you know, just the 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 stress of trying to plan a funeral until you have to. Um, you know, my father passed on December twenty third. The absolute worst time of the year to be trying to plan a funeral, not only from the emotional standpoint, but you still gotta make Christmas happen for the family. You still gotta work. It's probably busiest time if you're still in retail. It's... I'm still in retail, so that's busy. But it just kind of is what it is. Um, well, I guess in particular for my situation, I had that. That was a time where you know I was in my leadership role in the cell phone business, and so I had issues where I didn't have store leaders, store managers in certain locations. One went out on maternity leave. One was no longer with the organization. It was bad. Um, it just the work was already stressful by itself. Um, my grandmother, his mother passed 18 days prior to that. So we're dealing mm -hmm. with that. Um, it's Christmas, right? Um, and then also because it's Christmas and then New Year's, the holidays make it hard to to make those plans even happen. Um, so obviously that's not as intense as losing your husband and trying to raise an eight-month-old by yourself. So I'm not trying to say like that like what we went through was something equal. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, is that I can understand to a certain degree what that kind of compounding stress is like. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. No, totally does. Um, and so Navadi was eight months at that time. Mm -hmm. Talk about how you know what is that like? What what that's been like with her not having, not really knowing who her father is. I would say that's been a big challenge because I am raising a child who is very much like her father. So, you know, I, I don't know how she ticks, you know, like he could look at her and say, when you share so much characteristics with a child, you can be like, I know why she's acting this. I know acting like this. I know what need is not being met or whatever. So I'm really trying to, I always say that she got the best and worst of him because like the little things that used to annoy me about him, she definitely inherited. <laughs> and I, you know, and it's like every year around the time she starts school, I'm always like, come on, Kyle, you leave me with this kid who I now have to help with homework. And she's so much like you, you could have taught her in a way that made sense to her. I can't do this. Um, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say funny, but you know, she has inherited so much of him, but she got such a little time that she could spend with him. But she'll make a face or she'll say something. And I'm like, that's your daddy right there, kid. Like, <laughs> just, and even people who knew him have commented on how much she is like him. Um, I remember one of the most heartbreaking aspects of it is before he died, she, he was really trying to get her to say daddy, but she would only say mommy. Uh, hmm. The morning after he died, she looked at me and said, Daddy. And I'm like, Oh, kid, you're killing me here. Like, I was say that had to break you. Yeah. Oh, my, for the longest time, she would, she used to do this thing whenever she saw him, she would get really excited and shake her hands and like just kind of like, I don't know. But, um, she still, even up until last year, she would like zone out and do it. Like, completely and I'd be like why do you do that and she's like I don't know I just I don't know I feel happy mm. and so I'm like I, I don't know I like to think that that's him visiting her and like kind of checking in on her does she have that's his cool. a, does she have his affinity for, uh, for reading oh my goodness yes 
And you know his sense of humor and how he didn't get sarcasm? Yes. She completely has that. <laughs> and it's so, like, I've had to explain to her so many times, like, you know, somebody will say, get out of here, baby. And she'll go to leave. And I'm like, baby, no, they're being sarcastic. And she'll just look <laughs> and say, like, I don't understand sarcasm, mom. Just completely, like, stone. And I'm like, yep, there's your daddy right there. Yeah. Yeah, I asked about the books because he would get he would get lost in a book. That dude loved to read. Like, you might get lost in, like, music or your video games or sports or whatever. He gave that man a book and bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, something we, we talked about in the uh, first episode that I failed to record. I mean, somebody failed to record. <laughs> um... <laughs> um you know, we talked about, you know, sometimes that, you know, there's kind of a hole. And, and I remember saying how, you know, for me, something that has been kind of with me um, over the last year or so, uh, my, we just buried my wife's great grandfather uh, in early October. And I have a video of him and my son. So that would be his great, great grandson. Uh, him and my son kicking a ball back and forth. And, like, to me, that's just dope because my son is going to be able to, because he just passed away, my son is going to be able to, you know, at least have some sort of semblance of a memory of his great-great-grandfather. Whereas for me, um, both of my grandfathers uh, passed away before 1989, uh, my mother's father was never involved in his life. She saw him maybe three times his whole uh, for her whole life. And then my father's father, my dad said that I met my grandfather, but I have zero recollection. But he passed away in 1988. And so I have no connection to any any grandfather. And then I have no male elders at all. So, like, for me over the last year or so, it's been like, hmm. Like, there's something that's just not there. And I know that that is something that, you know, at the age of, is she 10 now? Yeah, yeah. she'll be t 11 in May. Yeah. Um, I know that that's something that she probably can't put into words. But it, but I know it's something that's that's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember the, her waking up the morning after he died. And it didn't really hit me until I saw her for some reason. Like, I was so just in shock of finding out that he'd been killed. And I remember looking at her and thinking, the person that you were going to be is not going to the per not going to be the person you are now because she would not have his influence. And I remember that just it tore me apart thinking that the trajectory of her life had essentially been broken completely and restarted at that point. And um yeah, I worry about that. Like, she's lost ties to, thankfully, uh, his family is still very active in her life. It's kind of this, uh, become a jumble of family members, I guess. Like, they, we have other children. They call his parents, Abby and Poppy. They are as much their grandchildren as Nevada is. So, she's getting little pieces of him that... I hope one day add up to enough, but I doubt that it will. Um, she definitely, yeah. she tries to fill in the blanks a lot. I've noticed that, oh, me and my dad did this, or me and, she'll say things like, me and my dad went sledding. I'm like, no, baby, you guys never went sledding. Well, why didn't he take me sledding? And I'm like, baby, you were just tiny. You couldn't go sledding. Like, just random things like that. She just will pick out. I can tell it kind of eats at her sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could just, like I said, just, I know what 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 I'm kind of going through over the last, you know, year and a half or two years with the grandfather. <laughs> I can't imagine mm -hmm. that, that, you know, knowing that a connection that close to just being just to, you just, you don't really have it. You don't really have an experience with it. Um, I mean, even like me, so I've always said that my oldest son, he is literally a miniature me. 
Um, like he he is, I think I've said it here on the podcast before. He is me in the size of a light skinned eight year old, and <laughs> it's really been over this last year, really this last you know, really since he turned eight that that my personality has really kind of jumped out out of him, and so like he and I understand each other in a way that's just it's just not like that with with the other children that I have. So I can't imagine not being able to make that bond. And that part is what, is what breaks my heart for Vady. Mm-hmm. It, I, I don't want to say that she's lucky because that's not it. But like a part of me thinks that it, if it had to happen, that maybe it was better than had it happen. Like when she was older, you know what I mean? Because, I try to like make peace with that. Like if she had been five or six, she would have known what exactly she was missing. Now she's just kind of missing the idea of what could have been versus like what actually was. Yeah. That that actually makes sense uh in in a lot. I um I may have said this before on the podcast as well. I think I said this in one of our earlier episodes, but my mother and father were split up and divorced by the time that I was four. Um, I have zero recollection of them ever being together. And people are just like, man, don't you wish your parents would have been together? And I'm just like, nah. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't see what they saw in each other. <laughs> so, so I get what you're saying from that point of like, having to have to go through that to have to watch a divorce and, and, and deal. Mm, I don't know. I've never known my parents to be together. There's nothing that I long for there because when I see them interact with each other, it, it was never, I, you couldn't have ever told me that my mom and my dad were ever in love until my mom was crying tears at his funeral. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't have actually, I wouldn't have fully believed, not that I wouldn't have, I believe that they were believed that they were once in love, but I would have, I never believed anything was there until the day of my, my dad's funeral and she is bawling her eyes out. So, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Brad. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I had it different. Like, I never remember my parents together. They were divorced. I was like a, a year and a half or something like that. So, um, I never really seen them together, but I don't know more so if I wanted them together as much as I just wanted him there. But I still had my stepdad, you know what I'm saying? And he was just as great as a father, you know what I'm saying, as my real dad. But it still was times where I don't give a damn what's going on, what's happening, how great of a father he is. It's still not going to replace the fact of wanting your biological father in certain situations. And I think that's more so you know where it boils down for her at is you know her dad now is probably all she knows. You know mm-hmm. I got a daughter that's like that that you know I've been with her mom since she was two so it's like I'm the only father she knows like even when her brother talks about her father she has no recollection of who he is. If he stood right next to her right now, she have no clue it's him. You know what I mean? Like, to that point, but I still feel like at times, like, no matter what, it's still that, well, I wonder, you know what I'm saying, why or why I do this. Maybe I get it from him, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's things that you just, it's hard that you'll never be able to answer, and that's what you know what I'm saying, hurts for me because it's like, I know at some point, you know, having, you know what I'm saying, the great guy that she has in her life, it's it's still going to be that void of, I still wonder, you know what I'm saying, what it would have been like or, you know, why I'm like or did I get this from? Those questions is just, nobody's going to be able to answer that. Like, even though, you know, mom say, well, yeah, you, you, that's your dad all over you. It's still not being able to see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To be able to be like, ah, 
just like you. You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to be able to, you know what I'm saying, say that in a sense. And I think right. that's that's the hardest part. I think those moments are definitely gonna come as she gets older. Like yep. right now, the milestones she had aren't that super huge, but we're gonna have like weddings and well, wedding hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, graduating high school, you know, things like that, that she's really going to be kind of noticing that she he's not there. Yeah, she she does cross country. Senior night, eighth grade night. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that. You know, she has a stepdad. You have a new, you have a, not new because you guys have been married <laughs> for a while, but you have a right. husband. Um, you know, talk talk about you know kind of what that relationship is like today. With me and him, or her and him? Yes, or both. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about so, both relationships. That's what we'll say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so like Kendall is absolutely amazing. He, I could not sing his praises more on there have been so many men who other men who have made comments like if you were my wife I would not allow you to still talk about your husband, first husband or I would not allow you to have pictures up or things like that and like our son is named after Kyle so you know when we had Nate I really wanted to name him after Kyle and Kendall told me yeah Kyle gave me my daughter why wouldn't I name my son after him so he has been like, he stepped up in ways that I didn't ask him to, but he's just like kind of saw every need that was there in our family and fulfilled it. Like he, there was a big concern I had when we started having children, me and Kendall, that if something happened to me, that our kids would be separated. Um, it, so he stepped in and Kyle's family agreed and he adopted Navadi so that if something happened to me she would be taken care of under him as well um he like so I have PTSD from losing Kyle the way I did and I have very bad night terrors um and flashbacks where like literally I will wake up screaming and crying Kyle's name and you know for another man that would probably be hard to hear your wife still crying that upset about you know the man that she still is very much in love with and he just takes it in stride you know he gets me a glass of water he rubs my back and you know he calms my nerves um he's he, i don't know people like don't believe he's as great as he is sometimes I think because of how much he has really just stepped into that role um he's an absolutely phenomenal person and like I truly I don't deserve this man <laughs> but yeah he's he's, he's something different to, for sure he's, <laughs> he's, he's you know. he trust me he's annoying but like <laughs> he's uh and I don't, I guess I don't, I mean, no offense to present company, but I don't really understand how great I have it until I spend time with other men and they're making comments <laughs> about it, you know? I was like, wait, I was like, where's this going? Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, like, until I talk to other people and they're like, he let you name your son after your dead husband? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know. Well, um, for he, me, it, it was just, you know, like all the things you named, you know, it, it takes a special individual within their self to be able to stand in the midst of that. And then for you to say, you know, someone that, you know, to be in love with someone who is still deeply in love with their first husband mm -hmm. is a powerful statement. And to be able to grasp that takes a different level of understanding and you know what I'm saying and, and truly being a, a man because you know it's it's not like you're saying that you're still deeply in love you know what I'm saying with your ex-husband where 
he's around the corner and you see him at the ball game, I mean, cross-country games for your daughter and stuff, you know what I'm saying? You lost him in a different way that mm -hmm. the average person hasn't. So to be able to look past just the outer shell and saying, oh, she's just in love with her ex-husband, you know, how can she really love him too? It is, you know, deep. That That's, you know, that that's really remarkable, you know what I'm saying, of him to be able to, you know, look at it for what it actually is and not for what people say, because I'm pretty sure, you know, going into it, he had people in his corner like, man, you're crazy. You're like, why would you, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just being honest. And, and no, I'm sure still say, like, you know, he's still like, no, nah, I still love her. Like, she's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's dope. You know what I mean? Like, you really so, do have something special there. I remember. <laughs> oh, God, I remember are you gonna sorry. Tell no, are you going to tell the story I think you're going to tell? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I remember you wrote a story. You wrote a status. Oh. Um, on Facebook where he said you said that he said that if Kyle that if Kyle was your gold um, he had no problem being your silver mm -hmm. yeah that was very early on in our relationship he I mean we weren't even I don't even think we were technically dating yet because we did not I guess we were dating Actually, a long time before I realized we were <laughs> okay so um I can remember like seeing this and like I'm sure that like when you first got with Kendall, you were probably getting some whispers and some hate, like, what is she doing? Cause I remember seeing the pictures and the statuses, and I'm just like, damn, that's 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 kind of quick, low key. And okay, so <laughs> okay, we'll get into this today, Brent. <laughs> yes. been waiting for somebody to just wait, hop on there yeah. open that can real but, quick yeah. before, you rip my, before you rip my head off I remember <laughs> when you wrote that status I was like that's a real ass dude right there like it's all good whatever no it's I yes I got a lot a lot a lot of hate and I don't think that people I was kind of forced into moving on, I would say. Um, so when Kyle died, people gave me six months. And then at the six-month mark, people were insane about trying to set me up. Yeah, I don't think I've ever told you how I actually met Kendall. I will tell that story. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, people would randomly, family members, you should try Christian Mingle. And I'm... I had no thoughts of, like, wanting to even date or even, like, at that point, I was focusing completely on, like, my life and my child. And um, I remember someone called me, and it was, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and they were like, hey, I've got this guy here. He's really interested in you. And I'm like, At 2 no. in the morning? Like, yeah, 2 God, in the morning. Damn. I'm like, no, like, I'm – he couldn't be interested in me. Like, I'm a widow. Like, what? what is wrong with this guy that he's interested in me at this point? So I was actually talking to um, my teenage cousin, who was a teen. She was, like, 16 at the time. She's no longer 16. But she was <laughs> like, you should make an online dating profile. And I was like, no, I don't want to date. And she's like, no, that's perfect because people will assume that you're trying, but just no one likes you. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. So it'll get them off my back if they think that I'm trying to date. Uh, so I went through with it and I was brutally mean to every man who messaged me. Like my profile basically was like, I'm a widow. Don't even try it. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not interested in you. I promise. And um, Kendall messaged me. And the very first thing he said was, uh, we can get to know each other after the wedding. And I responded, like, do women really fall for that bullcrap? And he was like, well, it got you to respond, didn't it? And I was like, yeah! <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, he just put me in my place. Okay. So we were, we became friends. And he was kind of like my beard, I guess you would say. <laughs> Uh, for a really long time until I realized, like, hey, 
this is actually a thing we're doing here. Like he fell pretty quickly for me, I guess. And I was very standoffish. I was very like not into, like, I remember one day I sat down and made a list and it had like 72 reasons I would never consider actually dating him. And I, I was really mean. <laughs> I was really mean. And it's like, it's one of those things that it just really developed out of a friendship and this mutual respect that, you know, seeing how he could tolerate my grieving, I guess you would say, because I, I was a mess early on, um, and tolerate all the comments that he was getting and we were getting like people there was a long time of my life when I would post on Facebook about Kyle's death anniversary that I would also not post about my wedding anniversary with Kendall because they were less than 18 months apart and I was very insecure about that fact, very insecure that people would say like, oh, you didn't love Kyle because you moved on so quickly or, you know, his death didn't affect you because you've moved, you know what I mean? I know that's what people were thinking, um, which I find kind of funny because, you know, if a man, if his wife dies and he moves on, society kind of looks at him and says, well, he needed someone to take care of him. It's okay. He, you know, so I think they... Kind of get a little she bit just easier. Opened up a whole nother episode. I know. <laughs> Love it though. It's interesting that it, the dynamic of people trying to push you into another man's arms to make you forget your husband, to forget to make you forget the husband you you lost, and the man you end up with helps you honor the memory of yeah. your late husband. And it's, you know, those that's same a wild people, dynamic. It is. Yeah. I tell you, it, the same people, though, who were pushing me into him as soon as I went were the same people who were like, really, nah. you've moved on. <laughs> like, you're doing this now. I mean, we've been now. Kendall and I've been we'll be married nine years in a couple months. So like it's I'm less like I feel like our relationship has passed the time where I have to be worried that people don't realize that I can love two people. Right. I hope. I don't know. I but still also get, like if they don't realize it just doesn't matter. Yeah. But I still I swear every time I don't know if you notice this when I post about Kyle on Facebook, I have to do a disclaimer that, you know, because I've had men message me almost routinely every time and comment about how I'm disloyal to Kendall. Or I had someone send me this, I mean, it was a paragraph, like, you, you know, if you were my wife, it just seems like you're not happy with Kendall and you just wish Kyle was still here. And if you were my wife, I would divorce you. And like, I'm like, dude, we're Polly. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. No, I, I literally one time posted like, listen, if you have an issue with it, come say it to my face because I guarantee you my husband's going to be more irritated that you're say like making me upset about this than he is that I'm still in love with someone. He knew the situation when he married me. Like if he was insecure about it, he wouldn't have married me. I hope, just, right. Um it's just amazing how, and like, and even like to a certain degree, like I was guilty of it, just kind of passing, <laughs> sure. just kind of passing judgment. Like, like, damn, that was fast. Like, it's not mm -hmm. my business. It's not anybody's business. Not right? your business. What? I remember one time, Bradley. This is the story that you're going to tell. Um, so I never legally took Kendall's last name, and for a long time on Facebook, I had my name hyphenated. And it, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you about this because yeah. I didn't know why it happened. So you, I had to drop his name because he he likes to troll people online, and I did not want people to put two and two together that my husband was the troll. And so I dropped the shepherd, and I dropped it, and I swear within five minutes, Bradley's like, "Can I ask you something?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm an open book, fine." And he's like, "Why'd you drop your last name?" And I was like, oh, well, yeah, my husband's trolling random groups on Facebook. Wait, I, wait, I messaged yeah. you? Yeah, you were like, why'd you drop your last name? 
And, yes, and I, I, I assumed you were like, yeah, that relationship didn't last. That's what I was <laughs> Oh, you know what I was thinking? I, I do like, I, uh, well, I must have been thinking like, because that was like still like, what, three? Yeah, it was very, yeah, years, it was very early on. Yeah. Years into it. So, like, that was like, I'm just like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, you okay? <laughs> Like Like she's having another mental breakdown. Like you need a friend? (laughs) I do vaguely remember doing that now that you mentioned it. I did not remember that at all. I was like, wait, I messaged you? What? Sound like you you kept a a small little thing like that. Like somebody be like, oh, they won't know. How would they know? Mm -hmm. Bradley. Hey. I know. I'd be figuring out stuff from the smallest little I'll be remembering something. It'd be the smallest detail. You could be telling me to, uh, uh, a lie about something and I'll never pick it up. But the smallest little insignificant detail that you didn't remember, Fred tell me another story. I'm like, oh, so 2X divided by Y. <laughs> right. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so you want to know about my last name situation is what you're yeah. wanting. Is that what you're wanting to know? Because, yeah. Uh, I, so when we got married, I never took Kendall's last name because I knew Vady would be in school. And, okay, there's another part of the story. Kendall had a vasectomy before we met. So I did not expect us to have children. I both of you guys are this. Like, both you guys are looking like, oh gosh. How no, I, re- I remember this. Go ahead. Like, yeah, he got it reversed. He got again. it reversed. Uh, and so I... <laughs> <laughs> I uh, kept my last name as Munas and like every six months I'm like do you want me to change it to Kendall and he's like nah you can change it when we've been married for 20 years it's not a big deal like but he, he, get, like, he loves to give me so much crap about it though like teasing me if we go somewhere and it's like a legal thing we have to sign he'll be like yeah she never took my last name I guess she's not really my wife like <laughs> Just a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah. So that, that's so funny because Stephanie doesn't have my last name, but I do the same thing to her. Oh, <laughs> Does she have intentions of changing it, or we'll do it one day, whatever? Yeah, it's just so much. It's so complicated. You have to change all the bills, and it's just now. Like it's just it's just to for show. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. What is it? What does it matter? <laughs> like it, it actually just does not matter. And his last name is Shepherd. Which is very common. So, like, I don't know. I think Nadine Munez sounds a lot better than Nadine Shepard. So, I don't know. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what? I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but, all right. So, and I, I'm pretty sure I asked this question to an extent the other day, but. Um, my bad. Ah, you good? (laughs) (laughs) But so, how how is your husband's and your daughter's you know relationship? Um, just overall, like, do they get along? Do you know? Is there is there some Things where it's like, oh, you're not my dad, or like, what? What is there? I think here recently it came up where she's kind of starting to notice that, um, she's missing a core part of who, you know, she is, and she's made. I think like twice she's made a comment about not so much like you're not my dad, but more like I wish my dad was here instead of you, and. Every time she said it, he just keeps saying, I know, baby, I wish your dad was here, too. Like, he's, he legitimately does not see a difference in any of our kids, which I'm very thankful for. It's never been a, the this is my kid, and this is my kid, and this is her kid, and, I, you know, it's never been. Um, so our third child, we adopted out of the foster care system, and he posted something. It was a quote from a guy that said, um, I have four children. Two of them are adopted. I forget which two. 
And it like completely <laughs> sums up Kendall a hundred percent. Like there's no difference. Um, I think I hate to say this cause I think my children might one day hear this, but I think he tends to favor Vady a little bit more because she does not have his ornery gene. So she's very <laughs> laid back. She's very chill where the other kids were just made for destruction. Um, I can't so, wait for the kids to subscribe. So, <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy loves you guys all the same, I promise. <laughs> so I would ask then, and this may be something that's later down the road, but do you believe the adopted child and maybe will find, you know, like a, a, a common chemistry because of, you know, the missing parent in a sense? Or do you think it's just all going to be like just cross the line? Like, you know, we're all good. We're just we're brothers mm -hmm. and sisters and that's that, you know. I think it's been kind of a bl blessing that Navadi has been adopted as well, because, you know, going into the situation with Addie, who is our four-year-old, you know, I never wanted her to have this shocking realization that she's adopted. I wanted her to kind of always know, because I didn't want her to have that, like, oh my goodness, you lied to me type feeling that, you know, sometimes I think happens if children aren't aware they're adopted. Mm -hmm. So we have been very, like, we have special dinners on their adoption days. Um, we have special dinners when, like, we took custody of Addie. We commemorate those days. Um, we've had Addie since she was three days old. So um, it's something that it was so funny because Vady asked me one day, she said, Addie, or does Addie know she's adopted? And I said, well, it's not something we've hidden from her, but I don't think Addie knows what the word adopted means at this point. Except, though, she does like to use it to play with my heartstrings. Like, we'll go to the store, and she'll be like, can I have donuts? And I'm like, no, we're not. It's not on the list. And she'll be like, but but I'm adopted. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, get the daggone donuts. Like, fine. <laughs> but, um, Vady, so I heard Vady ask Addie, Addie, do you know you're adopted? And Addie said, yep. And she said, do you know what that means? And she just was like playing and Addie's like that. Or Vady told Addie, that means you didn't come from mommy's tummy. And Addie's like, I know, I came from God. And just like went back to playing. <laughs> and I'm like, she has the confidence of, I don't know what, but like it's sky high. Um, so I think that they have kind of bonded and that the word adopted is in our house. And they're both aware of, I mean, I don't really think either of them comprehend fully what that all entails but i think we're kind of lucky in the sense that it'll make those transitions a little bit easier i hope yeah the the realization when it's just the thing that you've always just done and it's <clears> the <throat> thing that you've always just know there's not this oh i believe this thing for so many years and to suddenly i literally just had a situation happen like that um over the summer there's this thing i believe for over 20 years and then the truth came out and it was just like, well, shit. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, legit. So, um, yeah, I think to, to grow with it, you know, uh, just like, just, just the what I can compare it to is um, we never in my house, in my childhood, we never, uh, and I need to say this quietly so that my kids don't hear it, we never believed in Santa Claus. It was just never. I knew from the earliest point, and I always say, like, yo, like I lived in an apartment in downtown Detroit. We ain't had no chimneys, um, and and in the early '90s, we didn't have white people. Like, it just didn't happen. So, like, <laughs> so like, did you believe that white people existed? Or? I be I believe that white people existed. Right <laughs> now, to, to 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 pull that back together, so. Um, my wife, my wife, and that side of the family is very much into the spirit of Christmas. Oh, you've got to go to bed. We've got to get all the presents under the tree uh, the night of Christmas Eve because Santa's going to come in and blah blah blah. And like, so like, 
I'm waiting for the day that we're just so like we have this weird dynamic where I don't participate in the lie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't spoil the truth, but I don't participate in the lie. Um, but I'm waiting for the day, and I think it's gonna happen soon, especially with my eight-year-old mini me, because he's he's a thinker like me. He's gonna realize we don't have a chimney here. Like <laughs> <laughs> but um, but all that said to say is like I never got my heart broken. Mm-hmm. With the Santa Claus, because it was it was never it was never in my five head. Um, <laughs> that was just for you. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Yeah. Um. So talk about you know um. We, we talked a lot about you know Kyle and, and life after that, and you know you did have another tragedy, uh, heartbreak that you that you went through. Uh, just over a year ago, or about mm-hmm. a year ago, I should say. Yeah. So I'll let you talk about that. <clears throat> yeah, so um, I was pregnant with our fifth child, and we'd had miscarriages in the past. So, you know, once you're past that 12-week mark, you kind of think that things are great, and you're excited, and you're planning, and whatever. And by far, my pregnancy with Odessa, which was her name, um, was the easiest completely. I mean, I had the normal aches and pains you have near the end, but there was no like issues with like diabetes or hypertension or anything. Um, so I, a week before I was set to be induced, I woke up and she always woke up with me and she would just kind of like kick and squirm and then she would settle down. We'd go about our day. And that day I woke up and I noticed that she wasn't waking up and I was, it was very abnormal to me, but it wasn't enough that I was like completely freaked out. Um, So I, you know, chugged orange juice, did whatever, and she still wasn't moving. And so I called my mom and I said, we kind of need to go get this checked out. I'm sure it's nothing, um, but we just, just for, you know, my sanity. Um, so we were up there and the whole way up there, even me and my husband are talking about if they're going to induce me a week early at 38 weeks versus making us come back another week. And we were, you know, it wasn't anything where we were alarmed, I guess. Um, so we get there and he has to wait out in the waiting room because of COVID and they wheel me back. And the, at that point, the nurse came in and she was doing the Doppler and she was having trouble distinguishing, she said, between my heartbeat and her heartbeat because she was picking up heartbeats that were jumping between 130 and 140, which if you know anything about the human body, it's 140 is not a normal resting heart rate. So they thought it was hers. Um, And I remember the doctor came in and pushed her aside and just put the ultrasound on me and he looked at me and he said, "Uh Oh, we have a problem. And I said, and I'm thinking, you know, like my water broke and I'm delivering, you know, like I didn't think. And he said, the baby, the baby has no heartbeat. And at that point, I'm like, how can that be? I, everything's been perfect. Like I, I went into pure shock mode. Now, mind you, I'm completely alone still at this point. My husband's in the waiting room, still happy as can be that he's going to have this baby in a week. And, um, and I'm like, what do you mean she has no heartbeat? And he, he instantly went from like, before she had, he found out she was gone. She was the baby. As soon as he said, baby has no heartbeat, she became the fetus. And it became very medical. It became, I'm switching this over. There's no blood running through her veins. She's not moving. She's not practicing breathing. Like all these things. She's dead. What do you want to do about, like, you know, very like blunt and very, and I'm just sitting there. I'm in shock. My husband, mind you, still has no idea what's going on. So Oh, I can't hear you. All right. Sorry, I have a microphone <laughs> off. But oh. he's probably just like looking at his phone or... Yeah, he was... I And I finally said, can we get my husband? And they went and got him and I could instantly... He was like jovial coming in. And as soon as he saw my face, his face fell. And, um, you know, they... It, they gave us the option of like doing a C-section right away, inducing us or um, sending us home. 
and waiting for labor to start. And I said, there is absolutely no way I can go home with this child in me and my children look at me and not understand, you know, um, what's exactly happening. Like, how am I supposed to tell my children that their sister died and they're, she's still there. Like, I'm, I look like I did when I left that morning. Um, so, you know, they, I chose induction because there was no way I was going to put my kids through that. And at the time, they did not realize that I had started internally bleeding. So I, um, it's called a concealed abruption where like my uterus had tore away from the placenta. Typically there are signs that it happens. There were no signs. So I was just filling with blood continuously. Um, and I was fine for about 23 hours, 24 hours, and then my heart rate just tanked. And it was at one point like 20 over 40 or 40 over 20. Yeah. It was ridiculous to the point where a nurse, I was in and out of consciousness. A nurse at one point I woke up and a nurse said, where's your husband? And I didn't even know he had left. He had gone to call funeral homes. And I said, I don't know. She said, honey, if he wants to say goodbye to you, he needs to get here now. And like, I'm like not understanding what's going on. I am in so much shock. I asked her where I was going. Oh my I'm like, God. Like, oh, where are we going? Damn. And she's like, honey, he needs to get here now. So I'm calling Kendall. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going, but they're taking me. And, you know, she took my phone because at that point I passed out. Um, but, you know, I, we talked a lot about my faith the first session. Like the whole time I was in labor, I thought that they were wrong at that and that God would intervene and that this was going to be like the miracle that we could say, like, this is where God saved the day. And it was not until she was out and I had woken up and, you know, like I had to have a C-section. A typical C-section is less than an hour. With Odessa, it was like two, two and a half hours. And wow. I woke up at one point and I said, um, has she been born yet? And he said, yeah, she's been out for about 45 minutes. And I asked why she wasn't crying. And he told me, he said, sweetheart, they told you that she was gone when they gave you, when they brought you back in. And I just, I couldn't believe it. Um, we were able to stay with her in the hospital for a little bit under two days. And, you know, that time, I don't have a lot of memories, honestly, from that time because I was on so much medication and they were basically just trying to replenish my blood and get me stable enough that I was on the um, labor and delivery ward. So I wanted to get out there. I mean, I could hear babies crying. I could hear, you know, all this. I wanted out of there as soon as I could. Um, I feel that. So, yeah, I was just... mad at you at all. Yeah, it was absolutely, I mean, I remember the anesthesiologist came in and he was like checking me over and he's like, oh, congratulations. And I'm like, bro, are you tone deaf? Like, I'm like, are you, are you serious? And then he looked over and so when your baby passes away, they have something called a cuddle cot and it basically looks like a bassinet, but it's a refrigerator and it prolongs the um it, death yeah. process yeah yeah it's it's like a more basically yeah oh so he wow. looked over and saw that and i he goes oh shit and i'm like <laughs> and i just i couldn't help but laugh because just the look on his face and him like cursing at this moment i'm like yeah i mean thanks i'm happy to not be pregnant but i kind of wish she was alive like yeah that's just wow which it's it's kind of been, it's been a very different grieving process from when Kyle died. Um, I always like to say that, because everybody will say, like, this is the worst loss you will ever go through. This is the worst pain you'll experience. And I've told people, like, y'all said that a decade ago. Like, which one is it? Pick one. <laughs> right. And, you know, I've told people that it's a different kind of loss. Like every loss you experience is a different kind of loss. It doesn't hurt less or more. It's just a different kind of pain. And 
it's not really something you can prepare yourself for. I think I thought because I'd done a lot of therapy after Kyle died. I guess I thought because of that, I could fall back on the therapy, the coping mechanisms I had learned before. But it's been a completely different ball game. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Some of that stuff we didn't get into on the first time. So it's just, yeah. it's, it's slapping me hard right now. I mean, obviously, I can't relate. But um, you had talked about uh, how you, there's almost like a support group of other women that have mm-hmm. gone through uh, the same type of loss, mm-hmm. and and you had mentioned how I don't want to I don't want to tell your story, uh, but you had, I remember you you were saying you have been able to find encouragement from women who have gone through. Uh, similar types of loss and then been able to be a light for others. Mm -hmm. I was hoping you could kind of talk about that again. Yeah. It's something that I become, that I've definitely become aware of. Uh, Our society does not do prickly things. Well, I guess I could refer anything that's not like, that's kind of abnormal from the status quo or doesn't, show us in the picture perfect like light we don't do very well I don't think and death is very much one of them so I try to make it a point where if I hear of someone who has lost a husband young or who's gone through a miscarriage or who has lost a baby or something I can relate to I very much try to reach out to them and just let them know that they're not alone Um, I never really, I never say, I know what you're going through, because I think that's such a slap in the face sometimes. But I'll say, like, this is what I experienced. This is what helped me. This is how I have managed to survive what most people would deem unsurvivable, I guess you could say. Um, There are people in my life who think it's absolutely weird that I do it. But, I mean, if it's, if I can bring comfort to someone else, Like, the things that have made the most impact on me is just hearing other people say, this happened X amount of years ago, and I'm still able to find joy in life, and I'm still able to experience good times. You know, I think sometimes when you're grieving, you get so stuck in, this is how it's going to be forever. This is the sadness I'm going to feel forever. I'm always going to feel overwhelmingly crushed. Um, But, you know, good times come. Like, it's not a permanent state. I mean, I still have very rough days. I do. But I've noticed that I'm still able to have really good days, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, that's the thing about, like, grief is that you just learn to cope with it over time. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes like you might just have a, uh, you might just have a random bad day. And like, sometimes it's like stuff might trigger you and you just, you don't even expect it to trigger you. And, and it just does. But I, you know, I think that your story, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to insult anyone or, downplay anyone's loss over another or anyone's pain over another. But I think that, you know, somebody's going to be able to listen to this and say, damn, she got through that. I, I, I can get through this. I think sometimes everyone says that, but you're not really given a choice, you know? You just, you can, you can just roll over and die or you can make something of it. My biggest goal in life is when I see my child again and when I see my husband again I want them I want to have like this full life to tell them like I did this and I did this and I you know I don't want to just be like I sat at home and was sad because you weren't there I want to be like oh no we you know we adopted a child we 
went to parks every weekend one summer with the kids. A new, you know, like I want to have these experiences to share with them. Yeah, and that's that's kind of been my motivating factor. I don't know if that's good enough reason to keep going on, but it is for me. If it's good enough for you, that's what matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah. I appreciate you doing this with us for the second time. Not a um, problem. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you feel for it. No, I don't know. Let me just say, um, if you can understand the first episode and get through it, I think it's something to pick up from both episodes, really. Yes. Um, you know, unfortunately, the first one didn't come out the way we wanted to, but I think um, she dropped a lot of gems, and, you know, you could probably find help or, you know, just something to take from both episodes. So that's all I wanted to add, but I appreciate you for coming back a second time. Glad we could do it again. Glad we could dig you know, something different out of you um, and, and get another look out of it. Um, I'm going to say again, you're one strong, incredible individual. And, Thank you. Um, now we know that you have an even stronger, incredible husband by your side. So <laughs> He's going to love that. Keep that part in there, Brad, because he's going to love that. <laughs> so, most definitely shout out to both of you. You know, keep pushing forward. Keep being great. You know, keep doing greatness. Uh, need more people like you for sure out here. <laughs> yeah. So, um where can people find you uh, if they want to reach out to you, if you want, if they want to be contacted or if you want, um, they want to contact you, how, what's your preferred method of communication? Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I, I said the first time, if you send me a message, just let me know how you're finding me. Cause I don't usually add people if I don't recognize the name. So if you just send me a message or whatever saying, Hey, I listened to the episode and want to talk. That'd be great. Yeah. Perfect. So I'll have, that info in the show notes so check your phone you can check your or device whatever you're listening to us on and you can find where to follow us and referencing to what fred said uh so the first episode that has the audio that's admittedly rough it is um or well, the first version of this episode it is a live video on um uh, on the what's happening uh, facebook page so by all means Feel free to check that out if you can if you can get through it. I promise you, we don't y'all know by now we as many ums and ahs as we do on this show. It is not rehearsed, it is not practice, it is raw, it is real, and it is um there's another um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there's gonna be some different things said there, and Nadine dropped some amazing gems in both uh, episodes. So um, I, I would encourage you to head over there, follow us, follow Nadine, follow the show, and we will be back with you next week. Thank you, Nadine, for doing this. A second. Not a problem. And we, and we won't need it for a third, but you are welcome back anytime. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. Peace. All righty.